Welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast, making health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. Hi there, welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast. What an interesting day I've had today. Um, I've had the pleasure, uh, the absolute pleasure of meeting up with uh, uh, Phil Redmond. Phil is the uh, president of the Institute Aquarian, but he also heads up um, part of Hanson's business over in the States. Um, but I've known Phil for years, and we used to work in uh, South Wales together and the Southwest. We uh, we had we've we have about an hour together, and and what I've done is I've split it down into two episodes. So uh, you're going to get the first half of the of the session today, um, talking very much about um, I suppose about how the how the industry is moving beyond uh, just a sort of physical conditions. Anyway, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to say any more now. Um, I'm going to pass you over to Phil, and then we'll have a little chat at the end. Phil, um, thank you, thank you ever so much for uh, for for um, uh, taking some time out of your busy your busy schedule to come and have a come and have a chat with us today. For the um, you know for the for the benefit of the people that are, are listening, um, could you could you just tell us who you are, what you what you do? Yeah, of course. Firstly, great to see you again, Colin. Cheers, I haven't seen you for a while, which is it's good to catch up. Yeah, no, thanks. The um, the, the current role that I'm doing for for uh, for Lehigh Hansen, which is uh, the North American uh, company owned by Heidelberg Cement, is I'm the vice president of CCM, which is called the Competence Center for Materials. Uh, so my role within that is is to is to try and help the business in North America, the U.S. and Canada. Um, be the best they possibly can be in, in operational practices and, and commercial practices. So um, I've been there about a year um, and it, it, it's, it's been great. It's been a real challenge, but I'm, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, prior to that, uh, I was the managing director of the Hanson Aggregates business mm-hmm. in, in the UK. Um, and I've held a number of other managing director roles for asphalt and contracting and various bits and bobs during the last sort of 30 years that I've mm-hmm. been in the industry, which I looked at the other day. Quite a scary thing, but uh, 30 years. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, I mean, obviously, we, we, we go back a long way, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, when I used to work in Hanson, you know, we, we've, we've probably operated at similar sites across the country, but definitely, um, you know, worked closely together when, uh, you know, when we were providing health and safety support yeah. through into your, into your operations, uh, you know, all those years ago. You also do some um, some stuff outside of Hanson then, the Institute of Quarian? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the current president of the Institute of Quarian. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm one year in. Um, it's, a, it's a two-year post. Uh, we actually had our board meeting yesterday to, to round the Europe, and, and uh, we had some discussions over the progress we've made in the last two or three years, which, which is great. It's really pleasing what we've actually uh, managed to achieve and set up to achieve mm-hmm. uh, in, in 2020 and beyond. Um, the industry is vastly different now, Colin, than the one we started in, mm. and uh, we, we have to recognise and, and uh, Rise up to that challenge, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's what we're doing. So, I mean, that, that's great. That gives me a lot of pleasure to uh, mm-hmm. to be with the institute and to be their president. It's a great honour. Um, you know, we we we've had the pleasure to meet a couple of times recently. The fellows, the fellows lunch, which, yep. uh, fellows a, lunch. So that's that's a really a really great event, isn't it? Where it's sort of it's sort of celebrating the young people that are coming through into the into the industry. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you hear it and you think fellows lunch and you think, oh, that's just uh, you know another big bun fight somewhere. But it's not. It's actually a chance for for those that are fellows of the institute to recognise the awards that we actually give the young talent that's coming into our industry and people that want to be in our industry mm. and to be recognised within 
the fellow environment of the issue of quality in is a is a big deal. I mm. think. Mm. No, it's um, you know, I've I've only just become a fellow in the last uh, in the last um, sort of three three or four months. But you know, it's uh, it's you know one of the things that uh, that they're talking about, and we might touch on this a little bit later. But is um, becoming a mentor for the you know for, the, for into the into the industry, and that's just something I'm really I'm really excited about. You know, just helping helping people. Who are just starting out in the industry, you know, making their, you know, making their way, and you know, giving my experience, you know. There, there, there's nothing, there's nothing more rewarding, really, because I, I've I've had um, mentors all my life, and I've been a mentee a couple of times. And what's interesting is the satisfaction I get out of being a mentee. I can actually see in the face of my mentors. Mm. So when I joined the industry, there are guys that are now long retired that I still catch up or have a text or have a you know a phone call or something or a cup of tea mm-hmm. to see them happy that actually somebody like myself is actually still in the industry for a start mm. and enjoying it so much and and, mm-hmm. and doing okay. You can see the pleasure in their faces. Yeah. So. I tend to get that back when I'm helping and doing mentoring. So you know, you need to be involved in that because you've yeah. got a lot to give. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about it, and uh, you know, I just think it's, um, you know, it's, a, it's just a fantastic opportunity. I mean, I think this, you know, this podcast is is about giving, giving back. You know, what we're trying to do with this is 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 give people little, little sort of hopefully little pearls of wisdom and things like that to to take uh, to take on, and um, you know, being able to do that on a more in a more structured basis with people is going to be great. I've got a couple of questions for you. Okay, okay. Um, yep. we'll try. We we'll try not to make it too formal, but we'll. Um, <clears throat> you know, you've been you've been in the quarry industry thirty odd years. I've been in it for thirty odd years as well. What do you see as some of the biggest changes? You know, on, on how how health and safety is managed. You know, what 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 are the differences that you've seen in the last say in the last decade, last ten years? It, it's it's a really interesting question because it seems to have been a bit of a blur. The time time flies, but you do get time to reflect on on what's happened and. For me, the biggest change in in the management of health and safety has been the move towards a far more collaborative approach between what we would historically call operatives and supervisory managers. The realization that the industry's safety goals can only be achieved through a concerted team effort uh, has meant the conversations that we are now having, they're, they're open, they're candid. Firstly, we're having a conversation, which is which is something that sort of didn't happen that much when, when we first started. But to give an example, you know, of, of the openness and, 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 and the way the questions are framed and what we're now looking at. Can you imagine when we started having a conversation about mental health? Mm. It wouldn't have been on the agenda. It just it just wasn't there. But we've moved we've moved that up the agenda and now we're having those conversations. So we've moved beyond the physical conditions, mm. you know, the things that have to be right, the things that are given, the standards that are in place. And we've moved into areas which are not so physical, which are harder to see. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we would have been able to do that without the collaborative approach. We've mm-hmm. become better listeners, mm-hmm. I think, as, as managers within within the industry. Um, it doesn't mean that we're, we're there as far as the physical side is concerned. We haven't eradicated all the hazards that we have within our business. But it, for me, it means the industry continues to mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can now have conversations on recognizing the importance of something like uh, good mental well-being, it means we're, we're prepared to take a longer view. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I've seen a change. We're taking a longer view for the health and safety of the business. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's really interesting that because it's, um, you know, when, when I, you know, when I was, was growing up in the industry with yourself, you know, we, it was, 
it was guarding and it was it was handrails and it was it's all physical. It, everything was physical, and 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 we and we still we're still hurting people, you yeah. know. But but what we've done as an industry, I think, is, is started to realise that that there's 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 so much there's so much more to it. Um, I, I I interviewed a guy called Jason Anker. I don't know if you know Jason. Okay. No. okay. So so Jason um, Jason had an, an an accident where he fell off of a uh, he fell off of a roof. And uh, and he he, put, he said this line, and I've used it a couple of times, but use it again. He said it it, it wasn't because it, it was mental health was was really behind what happened. He says it wasn't that I broke the rules. It's I was broken as an individual. Okay. And I thought, wow, what a you know what a powerful thing you know to actually to actually recognise in yourself. And you know, and I think you know we've got we've got duty in in our industry to to, to really to really be aware of that, isn't it? it yeah, and and you know to some extent. All those years ago, we were seen as quite a macho industry. We mm. were fundamental. We were out there in all the wind and the rain, big machines and lots of rock everywhere. Um, to be having those conversations now, I think, demonstrates how much as an industry, our, just our industry has moved on. Mm. It's great to see all other industries doing the same, mm -hmm. but our industry has, has moved on, and that's really pleasing. So you, um, you know, you're, you're, you're working at a senior level within, um, you know, within the business, um, and... Um, you know, you you run a you run a team of a team of managers. How many how many people have you got um, sort of in your in your setup? That's all it, it, in in the US uh, within within my team in the US and Canada, there are thirty four. Thirty four. Thirty four. Yeah. So um, different backgrounds, different experiences, different levels of maturity within the industry, but all all pushing for the same thing. So. It, it, you know, it's interesting to see their development as well because obviously me being there is different. Mm -hmm. You know, there are different different issues that we need to tackle in different ways, and that's for me that's 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 the real challenge. Mm -hmm. So, how do you you know how do you sort of start to sort of put your put your plan together? Then, how do you how do you get your board to to be to be driving forward in the way that uh, the way that you want it to do from a health and safety perspective? Well, I, it's. For me, I mean, we've we've been on this um, th this journey for some time, where we've understood the importance of being visible, okay. and 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 demonstrating. Uh, you know, we have to we have to demonstrate the principles that we're talking about. So you have to you've, you've got to walk the talk. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. it, you know, we've been talking about visible felt leadership for some time now in the industry, and it was a revelation for our industry. And it meant that the the more senior managers had to get out of their office had to engage um, and ensure there was collaboration and consultation. So, you know, in, in the operations, it's not just passing on the messages, but it's also listening to ensure the, the programs and the initiatives we try and put in place to improve are fit for purpose. Um, and we don't know all the answers. That's where the consultation is needed. Mm. Uh, so, you know, everything a supervisor or manager does is scrutinized by our operatives, believe me. The actions of a senior manager or board member are magnified tenfold mm. in the field, um, which is why walking walking that talk is so critical. Mm -hmm. So, you know, demonstrate and do what we say. What we say. And how do you, you know, how do you, um, you know, sort of structure then the the, um, you know, the, the 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 direction, I suppose. And it's, you know, do you? I mean, do you do you, do you get direction on, on where the business needs to go from the sharp end of the business, or are you trying to forge forge your way forward as a senior team? How, how, how does it work? No, it, it's it, it it's both. I mean, okay. there are overarching principles that any um, 
any operator needs to abide by. There will be external changes in regulation and we have to work our way through those changes and make sure that our guidance to be compliant with those changes is fit for purpose. But part of being out and about and being visible and asking the questions and being involved in the conversations means that we're actually getting the feedback about what keeps our people up at mm. night. What are they worried about? Mm. What would they like us to do and address? Mm -hmm. So listening is just as important as talking. Yeah. Uh, and and that you know should be forming part of our our approach. Our approach, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's um you know, it, it, it's fundamental, isn't it, to 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 go out and to 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 listen to what the people have got to say, because ultimately, they're the experts. You know, that you know they you know they've 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 done the jobs so many times, day after day, week after week. It it it's it, it's really it's really interesting that when you speak to somebody with so much experience, they've normally got most of the answers. Mm -hmm. When we're trying to do something, yeah. they'll come up with a way of doing it, and mm -hmm. sometimes. They've already found a way of doing it, better, mm. safer, but they haven't shared it because they think, well, I've just, I've cured my problem, everything's fine. But to have that knowledge spread across a business, so if we listen to what people is, uh, are saying within the business, we might find a solution for something somewhere else where somebody is, mm. is struggling. One end of the country to the other end of the country, we're all trying to achieve the same, same thing. thing. Somebody has probably all the answers. Yeah, that's right. As a, as a, as a business, you've got the answers. As, as a business, we have the answers. Yeah. The knowledge is in the business. I can remember, I can remember years and years ago, and this, this um, I, was doing, I was doing some work over at, at Macken in South Wales, yeah. and, um, and we, were doing, we were doing a bit of risk assessment training with, the, uh, you know, with, with some of the management team, and, um, and we'd, we'd set up this little, uh, this little um, uh, scenario, I suppose. And what it was, there, was two, there were two lagoons, okay, that we, were, we had water going from one into the other. And, um, and, and the scenario that we put together was, um, was that there's a, bit, a blockage in the pipe, okay? And so what we've got to do is we've got to do a risk assessment about, uh, about how, how are we going to clear that blockage. And, um, and, and, and it, was so, it was so funny because we involved the guys, all right? And, the, um, and, and one of, them, one of the, uh, the managers, they were talking about putting on, putting on breathing apparatus to go down into this pipe to clear the blockage and all that. And the lad who was on this excavator, he says, why have a pipe? Why don't we just have an open ditch yeah. between the two lagoons? Because it'll never block them. And and it was almost like a light a light bulb moment. Exactly. You know, but it was such a simple answer. But we had management had tried to overcomplicate it. He he'd, he'd thought for many years, why are we doing this? Because he'd probably had the issue many years, and and it took. He may have not been able or felt comfortable with a previous style of management to actually say, do you know what? Why don't we do this a different way? Mm. And then you know. He was then comfortable at that moment in time to actually say, let's do it a different way. We implemented the change. Everyone's happy. That's a snowball effect. So for somewhere like Mac and Quarry, many people will then start to put their hands up because mm. they see the outcome of consultation, of mm. feedback, of listening. Yeah. Something improves. It does. It's gold. It's gold, isn't it? Yeah, you it know? is. And it's and it, and it just helps drive the business forward. And and I suppose going back to your, you know, what you were saying right at the beginning about your role. Then your role is 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 ex business excellence in you know in the in yeah the, it, performance perform yeah performance. So not just health and safety. You're looking right across the everything, uh, everything yeah, across the board. And how how do they how do they sort of inter interact then? How do you how do you bring health and safety into the other into the other aspects of you know financial and environmental and quality performance and things like that? 
good health and safety is good business. We've, we've, we've said it for years. If there's a right way to do it, then you'll probably find it'll improve your business. Mm-hmm. It'll improve your availability. It'll improve your productivity. Mm-hmm. You might have an issue which is a health and safety issue, which is a physical condition, which is causing you issues day in, day out. And every time you go and put something right in that condition, it could actually be hazardous. Mm-hmm. Eradicating the condition or putting it right means you haven't got to go back there every day and you may be actually saving an hour a day of production Mm -hmm. because you're not going back, but you're also reducing the risk at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there's no there's no barrier between it. There's Mm -hmm. you know, there's no wall. It's the it's it's the same. Performance is performance Performance. in whatever we're trying to do. No, I love that. You know, and and, you know, and I you know, I really feel that, you know, we you know, in our, in our in this industry, in the quarry industry, but in most industries, you're not gonna you're not gonna eliminate risk. What you've got to do is you've got to try and embrace it, haven't you? And you've got to just make it part of part of what you do, you know, working or, around it. Or see it. Yeah. Firstly, see it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the ability to identify a hazard is, is a very personal skill, mm-hmm. you know, believe it or not. And a person's, uh, one person's hazardous situation is another person's normal operating environment. And they've never seen the hazard because they might have done something for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's never hurt them. It's never caused them to have an issue or worry, but it might be a really significant hazard. It's called the normalization of, of hazard. Mm-hmm. Because it hasn't hurt me, it's not going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And over a period of time, you get comfortable with something. Mm-hmm. But it might be the most dangerous thing that somebody else coming in and saying, I can't believe you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's uh, the perception of hazard, seeing the hazard is a big issue. So, how, I mean, you know, how do you. How how do you encourage then people in your in your workplace to to go out and have a look and and to identify these these things and, and work together to to sort it? How does it how does it how does it work? You work with you, firstly you work with those that want to work with you that want to work in that space because I think if you can build some advocacy for what you're trying to do, you do get this snowball effect. There's a there's a good amount of peer pressure that we can rely on. Mm. Colleagues within a quarry environment are teams that have been together for, for, for many, many years. And, and I don't know if you've ever experienced where we've had an issue within a quarry where you know somebody has, has been hurt. It will deeply affect the rest of the team. Mm. And I think you have to leverage that the best way you can and say, right, we are, sorry, I'm gonna use the phrase, we are all in this together. We are all reliant upon each other. Mm. And we have to get to that, um, that, that existence whereby everything we do, we understand the impact upon ourselves, upon our colleagues, and upon our communities. Mm. And, and for me, that's the way I work it. I try and build credibility, I try and build advocacy, and I try and use good examples of where we've had success, and sometimes you have to talk about the failures mm-hmm. and the impact of the failures. Mm-hmm. You've done that when you mentioned Jason Anker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a living example of somebody that has had an issue mm-hmm. and he's recognized his issue and he's prepared to talk about it. Mm-hmm. They're very, very powerful messages. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And, um, you know, and, and, and inspira- inspirational for, for people, you know, to, uh, to, to start to think about, think about themselves, think about their environment. And uh, you know, and how they can uh, how they can interact interact with it. Yeah, we um um, you know, we as as an industry, we're obviously the age group in our industry is is quite is quite old, and and I suppose we're we're looking experienced, at, Colin. Experienced, <laughs> not not old. You know, we're we're hurtling towards that, so let's call it experience. So where where are the where are where are the future leaders? 
coming from and, and, and what you know and, and what sort of traits are we looking for in those people do you think? Well it, it, it's interesting because I, I, I think to some extent it's how we make our industry attractive for people to come into and this is this is a real issue that that we've had within the Institute of Quarry and just to try and understand where our industry is going in terms of the, the uh, some people will call it a talent pool I will call it bench the bench strength, what's coming off the bench to actually replace the people yeah, that are moving yeah. on and yeah, yeah. leaving us. But, you know, as well as the usual talents um, that, that one needs to look for, for me, um, the ability to communicate is critical. So we might already have those in, the, in, in, our, in our business already. Finding them, getting them to make the change is really hard. So when we're out there looking for people to join that industry, we have to talk about what we do. We are fundamental to the economy of, of, of any country that our industry operates in. You, you can't build much without building materials. Yep. I, I, this I know. So if we, if we make the environment suitable for what the future <coughs> leader needs for their development and their growth, then, then, then they will come. I know that sounds trite, but they, but they will come. You have to create the, the environment. So when I'm looking for a future leader, or I'm looking for the, um, for the talent, somebody you can work with that will get there once they have a certain amount of experience. I'm looking for the, the ability to communicate, but the ability to deliver the message, but even more importantly, the ability to listen to what's being said back. Okay, the best leaders I've worked for have always been able to do this equally well. Okay. The second thing I look for, and and you and I know exactly what where I'm driving with this is, I'd also say that resilience mm -hmm. is is a key factor for future leaders. We all experience setbacks, quite a lot of setbacks, mm -hmm. some really big ones, some small ones, and how you handle yourself in those setbacks determines how you are perceived as a leader. Mm -hmm. And by the way, can you lead yourself? Mm. So for me, how a person deals with and overcomes the setbacks, it's a true leadership trait. So that's that's what I'm looking for as a as a skill set on leadership, not management, on, mm -hmm. on leadership. How do we how do we bring those people into our industry? Really, really hard because the competition of other industries who are maybe seen as more attractive for, shall I say, younger talents. Mm -hmm. It's, that competition is is really really high, mm. so we have to make ourselves as an industry as attractive as we can be. Provide the development challenges, provide the the opportunity for growth, provide the opportunity for training, mm. and, and and provide the opportunity for a path to where we're going. Mm. And I think if we can if we can show that, and, and to some extent that's what the Institute of Quarry and are trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, we we should then be attracting the talent that the industry really needs, and we need it, and we need it now. Mm. We already have that shortage; the gap is already there. Mm. Mm. No, that's uh, you know, it's you know, it, it, when you when you sort of say, you know, we, we're comparing ourselves against other other industries, it, it becomes you know, it becomes quite stark, doesn't it? That, that that we need to we need to make ourselves more accessible, I suppose, almost, isn't it, for people to you know to to, to come and have a look, I suppose, in the, in the first place. We spent many years as an industry hiding behind our fences. Mm. 
And if you remember in sort of the mid 90s, we had a really big push on things like open days and community engagement programs, which took away the mystique. Mm. And if people know what we're doing behind our fences and behind our gates, they then will see that actually it's not, you know, we're, we're not doing something we shouldn't be doing. We're actually helping society develop, mm. you know, at the fundamental roots of what we do. That's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're helping create the built environment. So the message is that, that, that we've put out there as an industry through community engagement means that we are a good place to come and work. We, we are a good place to have a career. It doesn't matter which role you do within the industry. Mm-hmm. There is a path to develop and, and, and go as far as you possibly can because mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's there. Getting that message across is a lot harder than just saying it as I'm doing yeah, here. Yeah, that's right. No, it is. Because it's, you know, it's seen, you know, it's seen as, a, as a dirty industry or it can be. You know, there's a lot of you know, dust and there's noise. It's perceived by those that don't know better. Yeah. And I think the education part that we have the responsibility mm. on is actually to say, no, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. This is how we steward the environment. This is how we steward the land that we actually look after. Mm-hmm. These are the programs we have in place to reduce our energy. These are the programs that we have in place to reduce our CO2. So we understand what our impact could be, mm-hmm. but we manage that impact mm-hmm. to make it the best it possibly can be. Mm-hmm. That message has got better and better for the industry and, mm-hmm. and the work the IQ has done, the work the MPA has done yeah. in, in the UK. There's, there's a great message yeah, that's right. to, to tell about what we do as an industry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it's, and, um, and that message creates the environment that somebody may be attracted to come and work in. Mm-hmm. So it, you, know, you, you, you can't force people to come. Mm-hmm. You can create the environment, the workspace, the opportunity, and then you know, a better choice is there. And the you know the industry as well supports some great initiatives through um, Derby University isn't it? Yep. for people to you know who are coming out of out of school to, to get involved in the uh, in 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 the industry. Do you, is your role in the IOQ? Do you have much to do with that? Yeah, or? obviously you know we we support everything the University of Derby is doing. I mean, most of the learning material um, you know is, is heavily based within what the IOQ actually produced. Mm-hmm. If you remember the old days of of DAPS, the, mm. the Doncaster Assisted Private Study as it was. <laughs> right, yeah. it, that was our night job after we'd done the day job yeah, was yeah, to yeah. do our distance learning. Yeah, yeah. Um, things have moved on since then and things that are more advanced, but you know, our relationship with the University of Derby is, is strong and they've delivered graduates both both full-time and um, you know, vocational, where they're doing degrees within the work environment, that that continues, and mm. and the industry supports that as well, which is mm. which is great. That you know, it's a, it's a seat of learning, it's a formal seat of learning where our our managers go and get their degrees, mm. and I believe they, they they still get paid to go to uni. Yeah, is that they, you, yeah? You know, they, some of the some of the some of the companies do. They do. I mean, you know, our uh, just as Hanson, our, our you know our our lead program. Um, you know, post A level. If 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 some talent wants to come and join us, we will put them through the degree, and they will still be earning and learning while they're while they're on the job with Hanson. Mm. And that's not a unique program. Mm. No. You know, the the industry is at the forefront of actually saying, well, you can you can work while you do your degree, and mm. and you know, there's some people are uncomfortable with going to university for three or four years. Mm. 
So there's, there's a solution for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And it's um, I, I'm, and, um, I was at um, um, recently um, down, let's say down at the uh, um, the fellows' lunch, and the the number of, of, of ladies that are sort of getting involved in the in the industry as well is, is is great to see because it's like you say it's been seen as a very very macho male dominated industry in the yeah, world. Yeah, and, and 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 thank goodness for that. Yeah, that's, that's what I'll say because you know it's. Uh, it's if something that you know we're, we're just we're just moving in the right direction. Mm. As I said, we 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 don't have a policy as an industry. We would like to do this. We would like to see that. We would like to do this. But we are creating the environment, and the environment we're creating is attracting mm. males and females. Mm. And and you know that's great. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, you know, def- definitely, and uh, you know, it's just gonna it's just gonna improve and get better. So there we go. That's the uh, that's the end of the first half of the interview. Feel such a, a lovely spoken guy. Very uh, very good at putting his point across. Uh, he, um, he spoke about a couple of things that were really important there. I think you know the industry or any industry really. You, you know, physical conditions is, is is important. It's right that you get the the physical conditions right, but moving beyond that is so important and starting to really challenge the 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 people in the business and uh, and listening to the people in the business you know becoming better listeners is a you know is one of the uh, one of the traits of a of a good leader you know so so getting that uh, approach into the way that you're doing things right from the start is uh, is really important he also it's interesting how you know the the quarrying industry is is not particularly um um fashionable but but I have loved working in the industry for the uh, for the thirty odd years that I've had. You know, it's brought loads and loads of uh, of challenge, loads of uh, excitement. Um, <clears throat> um, you know, difficult times as well. Um, moving around the moving around the country and uh, you know working in different operations in different uh, in different activities. You know, can be quite challenging, um, but extremely rewarding. Uh, and you know, just getting the best people. To come and work in in these difficult industries is a you know is a challenge whether it's in construction in in manufacturing in engineering in quarrying it's always a challenge and and what we need to do is we need to we need to make it as attractive as possible by by offering people the chance to uh, to develop and to grow and uh, and for me that was the uh, that was the, the thing that that really sort of stood out. Um, we uh, we we talk in the next episode a lot more about uh, credibility and trust and competence and uh, and looking at trying to you know how we can eradicate some of the uh, you know some some of the hazards in the in the workplace, um, which is a which is a challenge you know to to eliminate uh, these hazards is very very difficult. Um, and I hope you enjoy the uh, the next episode, which will be about out in a week or so. Anyway, um, I'll speak to you again soon. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Interesting Health and Safety podcast. You can follow and engage on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching the Interesting Health and Safety Community or go to www.influentialmg.com. And remember, let's make health and safety as important as everything else we do in business.